So if you have your Bible, 1 Corinthians 15, it says this in verse 50. I, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable and will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, the mortal will be in immortality, will be with immortality. Then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your sting? Or victory, where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I'm telling you, there is something that God wants to do with people that are willing to follow and believe and to put their life on the line for him, to lay down everything that we have and to follow and obey God. He will use you if you are willing. And when you are willing, I'm telling you, God is going to speak to you and God is going to give you dreams and visions and, 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 and speak to you things of, of, of things that are beyond our ability. Why? Because God is wanting to move like never before in our times today. And he needs people that are willing to hold on to what he says, to believe what he says, to see it to come to pass. I'm telling you, it's so exciting when you get in God's presence, when you start to dwell with him and you start to listen to him. And I'm not talking you have to be a preacher. I'm not saying you have to be in the ministry in some type of, 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 of work that, you know, you would consider a minister. Or I'm talking about just your everyday life. God wants to use you beyond your ability because that's what makes him special. He's God and he will take normal people, ordinary people, common folk and make you do things that are beyond your ability because all he wants is someone to believe that he's still God. He's still God. And I, I, I get excited. I get challenged. I was praying just this last week. And I said, God, I need you. I need you. I don't know if you have the same calendar as I do, but there are things that are coming up. There are deadlines that need to be made. God, I need you, God. Please email me, fax me, tell me something. I need you to move in my life. I need to know that you are still the God who can still be the one who separates the Red Sea, the one who can feed his people for 40 years in the desert. I need to know, God, I need, I need you to move. And I'm just praying and I'm calling out to God. My office room, my office, my prayer closet is just just boom, 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 boom with my music because I'm just calling out to God and I'm just waiting to hear from God. And you know what he said? It was real quiet. Finally, I settled down. I'm thinking, okay, God has heard me. You know, because it's, it's something, that, you know, you got to yell in order for God to hear you. Sometimes, you know, I think that. You know. And so I finally, I just, I let it all out and I'm crying out to God. God, I need you. God, you told me I would never fall if I put my faith and trust in you. And I'm just crying to God. And finally, I just let it all out. And I just sat there in complete silence. And you know what God said? You have no idea 
what is coming. I'm like, what? You see, God will not ignore faith. He will not ignore obedience. And he will never fail at the promises that he has spoken. You have no idea what's coming. Because I know God is moving. I know God is doing things we cannot see. I used to get discouraged. But then I became a Lions fan. And I've learned that victory is not in the scoreboard. It's a process. Victory is a process. It's not by your moments. It's not by what you're going through. It's not by what you have or don't have. It's not by how many people know you. It is because you choose to hold on to God. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? And the Bible tells us that thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So stand firm and let nothing move you. I'm telling you, when disappointment and hardships come, I have to double down and I have to say, okay, God, it looks pretty bad. It looks pretty bad, but I know that you are still God. That's the kind of faith that God will reward. And how do you get there? How do you get to that kind of faith? You must know that God is still God. Faith is, is something that you can have. Faith is something that God helps us with. And, and the Bible even tells us that it's not about the amount of faith that you have. Because Jesus says if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, if you just have something so small, but you believe that God is God, he will use that and you will do impossible things because he's going to display who he really is. And so this morning, what does it mean to have our victory in Jesus Christ? What does it mean to be victorious in Christ? How come Paul is telling us about this, this ideal of death? Where is your victory, O oh death? What does it really mean to have victory in Jesus? Well, you must, if you really want to know the, and understand the process, you have to turn back to where death came from. In Isaiah, I want to look at chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14 is going to speak about Lucifer, the devil, the one who introduced to this world death. And he did it by deceiving Eve. He did it by causing the fall of mankind. And so here is where it starts. And it's in Isaiah 14. It says this, verse 12, How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. In the King James, it translates as Lucifer which means a bright, a, a star, a light that is, that is visible. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. And a lot of times they would associate this with the planet Venus because it's one of the stars that you can see while the sun is coming up. You can still see it. It's a, it, it, it appears to be bright than all the other stars. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. It also translates 
as I will sit upon the utmost heights of the north. Of the north. There is something about the north that secret societies do not like to talk about. When they go through, when you go into some of their initiations, they will always start off in the east. Because in the east, that is where the sun rises. That is where it comes up. That is where your adventure, your, your initiation begins to partake in the east. And then they would go to the, the south and they would go back to the south and that's where the dead were and you become alive again and then go to the west and, and then that's where you, you die but then you're going to be born again. They got this, all this weird stuff. And, and it's been a while since I've studied secret societies and their paganistic worship, so forgive me if I miss the details, but I do know one detail for sure. They start off in the east, they go to the south, and they go back to the west. And do you know where they go from there? They go back to the east. They never go to the north. Why? Because the Bible tells us that it is our God who is mounted upon the north. It is our God. And they know this. Lucifer knows this. That our God is the God of the north. He is the one who is above all things. And this is why they never go to the north. He says, I will ascend on the tops of the clouds and I will make myself like the most high. Verse 15. But you were brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Those who stare at you, they ponder your fate. Is this the man who shook the earth and made the kingdoms tremble? The man who made the world a wilderness, who overthrew its cities, who would not let his captives go home. It's interesting when you think about how the description of the devil is someone who is this morning star, someone who is what we would consider to be magnificent, someone that, that seems to be of glorious state. And he had this idea that he could be like God. He could be God. And he was cast down. And that's what Revelation 12 tells us that that the angels that joined in with the devil all fought against the, the armies of the Lord and Michael and the angels kicked them out and they lost their position. And they were brought down. And then it says that, that at the end, they're going to look at the devil and they're going to say, this is the one that deceived. This is the one that made the whole world go astray. This thing. They're going to ponder and they're going to wonder. You see, because that's exactly what it is. The devil is nothing but just a fallen angel. The devil is not something, some power, some mystery that you should be afraid of. He is simply a fallen angel. And he is operating right now within the authority of God. He cannot overstep God's authority. He cannot do what he wants to do because what he wants to do is kill every single one of us. But he can't. Because our God is the one who is on the north. Our God is the one who is most high. And even though he wants to, he can't. We are protected by the kingdom of God. Now, that does not mean that all of us are going to live a life of peaches and cream. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect and good because we still live in a world that is filled, and the Bible says in 1 John 5, that is still under the control of the evil one. We still live in a fallen world, so we will experience trials and tribulations. But what does James tell us? Count it all as joy because no matter what happens, our God is still in control. Our God is still the one that sits and is mounted on the north. So this devil, he gives the appearance of being something great. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22, this is the very end of the Bible where Jesus is giving his final words. Why do we have victory? 
It is because of this. Revelation 22, verse 12. Jesus says, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Notice what Jesus says. Look, look, I am coming soon. Jesus wants us to be people of expectations. Jesus wants us to be people that are alert and that are looking for the Son of God to come. He is looking for people that are holding fast to His Word, looking for people that have faith that He is still God. And He says, look, I'm coming. My reward is with me. Do you know that Jesus wants to reward His people? Jesus wants to reward His people. I know that one day in heaven, I will receive my reward. I will receive what God has promised me. But it's not about the reward. It's about Him. And because of that, because we keep our focus on Him, He will reward us. He's going to reward us. That's what He wants to do. And who, what does He say? One of the very last things He tells us, I'm coming and my reward is with me and I'm going to give to every single person according to what they have done. God is not absent of what you are doing. This, why do you think Jesus said, but when you go into your prayer closet, close the door, because your Father who is unseen, the Father that cannot be seen, knows exactly what you are doing in there. And He will reward you for that. Your prayer time, your time seeking Him in your prayer closet will not be neglected. He will reward it. Why is, why is my family blessed? Because it was in my prayer time, in my closet, that he rewards them. Why are we going to see God do great things? Because he rewards people who have faith in him. I'm telling you, we need to be people of faith. We need to be people. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. What does that mean? That it is possible to put a smile on his face for simply believing that he is still God. I refuse to believe in a God dictated to me by the world. I refuse to believe a God dictated to me by people who don't know him. But when you meet people that know God, you are inspired and you want to have that kind of faith. I want to be a man that you will follow. Not because of who I am, but because of what I believe and what I know about God. I want people to know God the way I know God, the way you know God. Why? Because when people meet and understand who God is, there's no turning back. There's no turning back. My wife and I were talking the other day about celebrating. She says, we can't go out to eat and celebrate. Because every restaurant we go to will not taste as good as your cooking, Pete. Talk about buttering up the turkey, man. But I had to say, true. <laughs> because when you've tasted good things, it's hard to go back. It's hard to go back. I mean, when you taste the quality of a ribeye steak it's hard to eat a bar frank hot dog there's a reason why there's 69 cents a pack i'm sorry uh 429 with inflation now but I, there you go <laughs> you can't go back 
And when you taste and see that the Lord is good, there's no turning back. But what happens is, is that the devil tries to discourage you from believing who God is. The devil tries to discourage you from believing, and he appears that he's bigger than what he is. He wants to show you how grand of a person he is. Look at him. He's the morning star. But Jesus said, look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person what they have done. Verse 16 says this, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for my churches, for the churches. And notice what he says. This is one of the very last things that Jesus says in Scripture. I am the root, the offspring of David, the bright morning star. You see, Scripture describes Lucifer, the devil, as a morning star because he appears to be beautiful. He appears to radiate. And you, we learn this in Ezekiel where it talks about Lucifer and he's covered with all types of gold and silver and he's got these precious jewels and when he stands in the presence of God he is just reflecting the glory of God but he's bright he's magnificent and he looks at himself and he says look at me I'm full of beauty but he's only bright because Jesus is shining on him he's just a created thing a fallen angel that was filled with pride and cast down but Jesus says I am the bright morning star the one who will not be outdone. I am the bright morning star. This is a fulfillment. If you turn with me to Numbers chapter 24, this is a fulfillment of a prophecy. Numbers chapter 24. Balaam was hired to bring curses upon the people of Israel. Balaam was hired as a prophet, and, and Balaam is not a good guy. Even though we, we call him a prophet, you know, prophet is someone who simply hears the, the voice of the Lord. He was not a good guy. He was a selfish, greedy guy. And, and, uh, and, and God told him, don't you go down with uh, Balaam or Balak to, uh, to put a curse on these people. Don't you do it. And so Balaam said, I can't do it. So the king sends, you know, all these people say, hey, come, come, come. Look at all this reward I'll give you. Balaam says, I can't do it. Then the king sends even more. And Balaam's like, uh, 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 And finally God says, you can go, but don't you dare speak bad about my people. You only say what I say. So Balaam's excited because now he gets to go and he's going to be rewarded for speaking curses upon the people of Israel. And so he's not a good guy. As a matter of fact, uh, they take care of Balaam later because he's, he's a wicked man. But Balaam then goes through this whole thing where he is called to, to bring curses upon Israel and so he, he does all these sacrifices and all of a sudden God speaks to him. And God actually speaks to Balaam and, and gives him things that bless Israel. And, and the king is mad and, you know, why did I even hire you? You could have been rewarded great, but, you know, you're, you're not bringing any blessings or curses upon them. You're only saying blessings. And so he goes through and he gives these six or seven blessings but then he comes to verse 15 numbers numbers 24 verse 15 and then he spoke his message the prophecy of Balaam son of Beor the prophecy of the one whose eyes clearly 
who see clearly. The prophecy of the one who hears the word of God, who is acknowledged from the Most High, who is acknowledged the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate and whose eyes are open. Balaam is letting you know that he finally understands in this moment that God is the Most High and he is the one that's speaking. He recognizes that it's God's voice that is talking to him. And this is what he says. I see him, verse 17. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel, and he will crush the foreheads of Moab and crush in the skulls of the people of Seth. Here Balaam sees a star that is coming. He says, I, behold, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. What Balaam is seeing is God promising that one day he will send the bright morning star who will undo every single thing that Lucifer has done. Every single thing that he has destroyed, Jesus will restore. And that is the victory that we have because we may not see him, but he is coming. We may not know that he is near, but he is. Why? Because he is the star that has come to fulfill what God promised. And he promised this in, Den in Genesis 49. And he tells Judah that you will be the one that I will send the scepter, the one who will rule, the one who will sit on the throne forever. You see, Jesus is our victory. Why? Because Lucifer tried to destroy everything God wanted for us. And he caused people to fall. And people hail him as the morning star. And if you look at the way the world in, in, in occult practices look at, at Lucifer, they do believe he is good. They do believe he is virtuous. He's pure. He's righteous. He's holy. Why? Because he is the light that illuminates them. They are only being deceived by a deceiver who is nothing more than a fallen angel. And one day, if they do not repent and they do not give their life to Jesus, they will be cast into hell with him and his angels. And they will look at him and say, you're the one who made me fall. But our morning star, the bright morning star, the one who is coming, the one who has come, is the one who has promised us victory. So what does it mean to have victory? It means that we have acknowledged the bright morning star who defeated death, hell, and the grave, who has defeated devil, the devil, and everything he's done. The Bible tells us that the Son of God came to undo all that the devil has done. And what did God do when he sent the Messiah? He restored our relationship with him. He adopted us into his family, and he is gathering his people once again and he is bringing them home. And that's why we look towards the future. We are not people of the present. We are people of the future. Because that's where we're going. We're going where our victory is secure. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? There's nothing this world can do to us. There's nothing this world can do to us that can take away what the bright morning star has guaranteed. So this morning, I want to encourage you. You put your faith in God. You put your faith in Jesus. And you may not see him, but he's coming. You, mean, you may think he's not near, but he is. He is the bright morning star that has promised you victory. And whatever you're going through, you cast all your cares, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. You cry out to him, and he will do the amazing. Our God is still God. Amen.
our God is still God. He is the one who gives us victory. And so whatever you need, you hold on to him, you ask him, and he will reward you.